You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Matt and I will be your host. Uh, today our scorekeeper will be Jeff. Jeff, how's it going? Good, how are you doing? Actually, it's the disembodied voice of Jeff today. <laughs> yeah, Jeff could not be with us today. He is out of town. Uh, he was killed by a bear and his spirit is astral projecting into the room. Via Skype. Via Skype. <laughs> his, his spirit lives on to tarnish his memory. Well, they, yeah, thank, thanks for going through all that to be with us today, Jeff. Uh, today we are going to have a three-for-all. Uh, two of our uh, contestants you guys know well. It's going to be Ken and Neil. How are you guys doing today? Excellent. Thank you. Doing well. Celebrating uh, Patrick Swayze's would-be 65th birthday this weekend. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> and joining us today for the first time is Austin. How's it going, Austin? Good. How are you? I am your polished turd for the day. How are you doing? Nice <laughs> We have to bring one in every once in a while because we get tired of beating up on each other. Yeah, so me and Austin, we go way back. He uh, he used to play saxophone in my old ska band. <laughs> Everybody's got an old ska band, and uh, we had one together. So, Looking to start a new ska band? Any potential new? No, 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 no. no? Ken's <laughs> hips can't handle the skanking anymore. Yeah, no, no. Too old. But Austin is a good man and a great saxophone player. Yeah, I've always heard that hey. Sky is the uh, young man's game. Uh, so, as always, let me break down the rules of the game. Uh, we have 20 questions in a variety of topics worth 10 points apiece and split into two rounds. At halftime, there will be a special swing round designed by me where players can rack up some extra points. At the end of regulation, players run until the final round with the points they have accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. And I am the cream. All right. Is everyone ready to get started? Yep. Yep. It's pretty early, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, starting with question one. First appearing in 1897, the Cats and Jammer kids, who are probably way past the point of being called kids, are known for this distinction. Like, That's what are they famous for? What are they, what are they known for? So I've heard the word Cats and Jammer before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, is it helping you? I know what it not means. Not really. Not really. <laughs> so Ken's locked in? Yeah, I'm in. How about you guys? Uh, begrudgingly. <laughs> You're locked in? Austin um, is begrudgingly in. Neil is shaking his head. All right, yeah, I'm in begrudgingly as well. All right, a lot of begrudgingness. Uh, Neil, why don't you start? 
So I just put their uh, distinct their distinction is that they created Oktoberfest. Oh, okay. I said uh, that maybe they were the uh, like maybe a vaudeville group, but but my answer is they were first uh, to be filmed. Okay. Uh, kind of going off of what Ken had and based on the year, I mean, I think it's too early for television, but I'm going to go with appearing on like the first radio interview. Mm-hmm. You guys were headed in the right direction. Uh, they're actually known for being the longest running comic strip of all time. Okay. Uh, created by Rudolph Dirks, the comic is the first to have characters express dialogue through speech bubbles. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And it was actually... That's why I knew that name. Yeah, and it's, it actually was still running all the way up to 2013 in syndication. Moving on to question two. What was the code name of the U.S.'s airland conflict from January 17, 1991 through April 11, 1991 in Kuwait? I felt like I knew what I was going to answer here, and then he said Kuwait. Mm-hmm. I happen to know this one, as my uncle my uncle served. So. What in, restaurant? In Kuwait? <laughs> Uh, In fact, I have a I have a bottle of Coke full of sand from Kuwait. Are you, are you drinking yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Slowly yes, but I'm surely. currently drinking it. It's delicious. It's Coke Three. It's just a bottle of sand. I'm unsure, but I'm just going with my gut, so I'm in. Neil is in. Me too. Same here. All right, let's start with Austin on this one. Uh, given the only conflict I'm aware of that took place in the Middle East around that time, I went with Desert Storm. Hmm. I also went with uh, Desert Storm, especially, I, I believe you said something about air, mm-hmm. so that's what I went with. Well, I had thought about Desert Storm, but I was pretty sure that was in Iraq, which is why I didn't put that. I just went with Operation Enduring Freedom, which I think was actually also the the second Iraqi mm-hmm. conflict, but uh, I just went with that. All right, well, the answer is Operation Desert Storm uh, as part of the Gulf War. Uh, it's actually part of many similarly named operations during the war. Uh, there was also Operation Desert Saber, Operation Desert Shield, and Operation Desert Farewell. Man, I should have just, just gone <laughs> with, with what I thought it was. All right, so points for Austin and Neil on that one. Moving on to question three. Big Baller Brand recently made headlines with the release of their initial signature shoe, retailing at a staggering $495. Within $10, how much did a pair of Air Jordan 1s retail for in 1984? Oh, I love this question. Only because I, I heard it the other day. In 1984? In 1984, when they were first released. What was the initial retail price? Air of the... Jordans came out in 1984? Yeah. Was wow. his rookie year? His rookie year. Jeez. Oh my gosh. That's expectations. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm in. You're in? It's just a guess, Neil. <laughs> yeah, mine's, mine's a ridiculous guess, but yeah. we'll see. Uh, within what? Uh, within $10. LeVar Ball actually said that he can beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, and uh, Michael Jordan responded with, he can beat him one-on-one now with one leg. Yeah. Well, Ice Cube beat him in a shootout, so <laughs> just recently. Yeah, messed around and got a triple-double. Are you guys all locked in? Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Ken, starting with you. Just uh, took the year into account and... Picked an even $50. Okay. Uh, so uh, I know they're expensive now, but I figured when he started, they might not have been as expensive. So I went with $55. Okay. Uh, I know these were or are sold at a premium and pretty much have always been kind of infamous for being extremely expensive shoes. Mm-hmm. And given that, you know, an athlete with a number, I went $230 <laughs> after his number 23. Oh, 
it's a good guess, except for it's very, very off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, you're right in the ballpark. Uh, the answer is actually they sold for $65, oh, so you get credit man. from 55 to 75 Come so on. Just missing. <laughs> but, Neil, Neil adjusted credit. for inflation. Yeah. Yeah, it, those $230 gym shoes, uh, in, adjusted for inflation would be probably about 380 to 400 probably, so mm-hmm. they'd be about the same. Uh, question four. While most people know piano keys were traditionally made from ivory, what were the black keys made from? Neil, you're in? Yeah. Same. I'm in. Ken is also in. And Austin. All right, starting with Neil. Uh, I just went with wood. Uh, might have to ask you to be a little more specific. Oh, jeez. Um, oak. Okay, you went with oak. Austin? Well, based on the famous song... It would be ebony and ivory are the two main construction materials for mm-hmm. the keys. I don't know if ebony is uh, wood, but I said ebony. Ebony is a dense black hardwood. Uh, ebony and ivory, keeping your piano in harmony. It's about time I got on the board. <laughs> <laughs> I, I overthought that one. I, that's okay. a, I overthought the Desert Storm question. So uh, Let's get a quick score recap going into question five. Absolutely. Ken now on the board with 10. Austin and Neil, 20. So early on, anybody's game. Time for question five, our listener submitted question. If you have a good question that you'd like to send us to incorporate into the game, make sure to send an email to trivialitypodcast at gmail.com. In the subject line, put question five with a host name. Today's question five is from Kevin Apgar. Thanks for the question. All right, Kevin, bring me some luck here. (laughs) Um, what is the hairy nickname by which Norville Rogers is better known? All right, I'm in. Austin's in. Okay, me too. Okay. I'm in. All right, uh, Ken? I went with Wolfman Jack. Okay. Uh, I went with Bigfoot. Bigfoot? (laughs) I'm going with, this person is a musician, and based on that, I'm going to go with Afro Man. (laughs) I wish the answer was Afro (laughs) Man. That's pretty good. Uh, it's actually uh, Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Oh, okay. Oh, that's oh man. Zoinks! Now that I hear that, zoinks! zoinks. Like his throat, globe chatters. <laughs> Everybody had one. It was two Jeff, minutes. Jeff, of... you, you care to get in on your Shaggy impression? No, I look the most like him, but I'm definitely not getting in on this. Okay. Not not even a Zoinks from Jeff. It's very disappointing. Nope. <laughs> Jeff Jeff is more of a Fred, anyways. I think. More of a what? More of a. F- He's more of a Fred. Oh. I was going to go Thelma, but that's okay. I, I, I feel like a Thelma. But... <laughs> All right. Question six. While Mariano Rivera's save record may one day be passed, he will definitely have the distinction as the last person to ever do this, which he did on the last day of the 2013 MLB season. Okay. I have a guess. All right. Well, you're, you're saying the last he'll be the last person to do it, so it has to be something that no one else will be, even be able to accomplish, which is kind of weird. <laughs> Because it can't really be stat-based, I wouldn't think, then. Um, I think I got this. Okay. Um, okay. I, I I think I'm good. All right. Why don't we start with you, then? Uh, I'm just going to say, if, if it can't be done by someone else, um, my only guess was that he's going to be the last person to save a game over the age of 40. Okay. So, um, thinking, again, about uh, how nobody else can possibly do it, figured it would have to have been a rule change mm-hmm. um, involved. 
And I don't know what year they did this, but I'm going to say through the four pitches for an intentional walk. Oh. I went with, uh, since it's the last person to do something, I was kind of thinking of the same lines. It's not some statistically. So I said he was the last person to get a home run in the old Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Those are all really great guesses. Uh, unfortunately, the answer is to wear the number 42. Uh, Jackie Robinson's number was retired for all teams in 1997, but players that currently were wearing the number were allowed to continue wearing it. Uh, Rivera was the last one of these players to do so, and he played all the way until 2013. Oh, interesting. And uh, shout out to uh, number 42, the the (laughs) team that we play against at Trivia. 42 is the answer to everything in life. All right, question number seven. Uh, Put these following earnest movies in the order that they came out. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) This is the movie's question <laughs> that I get. Uh, I just write questions about things that I like. All right. So the three movies are Ernest Saves Christmas, uh, Ernest Scared Stupid, and Slam Dunk Ernest. Okay. I'm in. Okay. Have you guys seen any of these Ernest movies? Yeah. A long time ago when I was a kid and uh, we watched Ernest Scared Stupid like it's two a, years ago. That's a great one. Together, me and Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I own the... Uh, Somebody tried to spoil it, but... Uh, Ernest goes to <laughs> camp and Ernest goes to jail. Uh-huh. Two of his, I guess, lesser... Not necessarily lesser known, but... Yeah, they're all classics, if you ask me. Vern. <laughs> Rest in peace. Shakespearean trained actor. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, I'm in. All, all right. right. Uh, Austin. Uh, just taking a wild stab in the dark here, but I went with Scared Stupid, uh, the Christmas one, and then Slam Dunk. Okay. Yeah, I did this based on, um, you know, how, how far they were stretching for a theme for the movie. So mm-hmm. I started with Christmas, assuming that was pretty common, mm-hmm. then Scared Stupid, which is Halloween, and then Slam Dunk, when they start running out of ideas. Okay. Uh, and I shared the same answer with Austin, uh, Scared Stupid, Xmas, and then Slam Dunk. All right. Uh, points for Ken on this one. Ah. It actually, it pretty much did go in the order of when they were running out of ideas. Uh Slam Dunk Ernest, if you haven't seen it, and I'm guessing nobody has seen this movie, uh, it's actually, he gets a pair of magic basketball shoes that help him dunk, and then he wins a charity basketball game. Yeah, you gotta, so like you gotta, Mike stole from Ernest? Yeah. You got to figure they start out, you know, pretty pretty simple concepts, and then they, uh, they go off the rails later. Probably jail was pretty late. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turns into an episode of Oz. <laughs> yeah, the gritty reboot of Ernest. All right. Question eight. Three is a magic number is the name of the pilot episode for what television series? I'm in. Okay. This one is killing Neil, apparently. Neil's doing the alphabet thing. He's writing (laughs) down the whole alphabet. He's going to go through each letter. Yeah, but sometimes Neil is a really, really solid trivia player, so don't knock it. Sometimes. What a backhanded compliment. (laughs) (laughs) You're in? I have no idea. All right, so so Neil, what what's your uh, what's your hang up here? We're all in, so. Um, I, I obviously I was just gonna go Three's Company, um, which is probably the answer, and I'm overthinking it. Um, but I cannot for the life of me right now. It's coming to me. I'm trying to think of the Rose Byrne, I'm uh, not Rose Byrne, excuse me, Rose McGowan, uh, magic show on the CW. Mm. Oh, I know the name of it. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of it because uh, there's three three women in that show, and three would be the magic number because they're they're witches um that's probably it too knowing matt um you probably asked a stupid question about this show i do ask stupid questions fact and i just i can't think of the 
the name. Um, why is this not coming to me? I'm in. Okay. Did you remember it? Yeah. All right. Well, let's start with Neil then, because I want to see where this went. I'm sure this is Three's Company, but just because I know Matt, and mm-hmm. this is the 90s, I went with Charmed. It's totally Charmed. <laughs> I'm telling you. What yeah. did you put? I put Three's Company. Okay. I had no idea. It's no got to be Charmed, knowing no Matt, though. Jeff, what, was, I, your, what was your gut Can I instinct? take a stab? Yeah. Okay. I immediately went Three's Company, and then a little song popped into my head, Three is a Magic Number, and I would have guessed Schoolhouse Rock. And the answer would have been Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, the title song written by Bob Durow and accompanying animated video were created after ad agency co-chairman David McCall usurped that his son had learned every Rolling Stones lyric but could not remember multiplication tables. All, all before we were born. All that for nothing. <laughs> yeah, what all that, that great poll I had of Charmed here. Yeah. <laughs> so was that one of the... Uh... That was one of the the schoolhouse rock jams. That was it was the first one that came out. Yeah, I don't I don't remember that one. Okay. All right, question nine: The origins of this commodity are sometimes attributed to a ninth century Ethiopian goat herder named Kaldi after noticing a suspicious uptick in his goat's activity level. I got it. Ken and Austin look like they're in. Okay, I'm in. Okay, uh, starting with Austin. Uh, given Ethiopia, the main export I know from that country, I'm going to go with coffee. Okay. Yep, it's coffee. Mm-hmm. I went with coffee as well. And it is coffee. I think knowing me a little bit would probably help in that uh, area a little bit, having worked at Starbucks for 10 years. Um, this So this may not be a true story, but it's one of the more popular origin stories. Uh, the legend has it that he saw the goats chewing the coffee berries and brought them to a monk who forbid their use and threw them in a fire. And the smell was so good that they dug up the beans, ground them up, and dissolved them in water. And that's how they got coffee. Pretty much just describe Neil's morning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you bring you bring your berries to the local monk. Yeah, and he's in the other room. Yeah, excellent. All right. <laughs> just imagine the monk throwing in the beans. Yeah. It's like, damn, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> it smells like a Starbucks in here. He definitely took credit for it, yeah. Um, all right, next question. Question 10. This air crossroads of the world gets its name from a hardwood store operated from a boat and refers to a place where a ship can lay anchor. The air crossroads of the world is the nickname for this city. So I'm trying to think of, well, I'll just say it because I'm sure everybody's thinking it of prominent airports that would make, make sense in this context. But oftentimes, uh, you know, the things that places brag about are not necessarily mm-hmm. applicable. I got a guess, but I think I'm way off. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Ken, starting with you. Yeah, so uh, this is more of a shout-out than a actual answer, but uh, my family vacations near Safety Harbor, Florida, so I went with Safety Harbor. Okay. I just went with New Orleans. I know it's wrong. Okay. Uh I figure with the phrase, any port in a storm, meaning, okay, I'm going to lay anchor here because it's a safe place to keep your ship or boat. So I went with Shreveport. Okay. Yeah, port is probably the, the word we're looking for. I, if it's I was Portland, going, I was, I'm going to be angry. I was thinking about harbor, but... Uh, uh, the the word you needed to focus on was anchor. Uh, the city is Anchorage, Anchorage. Alaska. Ah. I think you guys got hung up on the airport part of it and then kind of... I got hung up on every part of it. <laughs> the whole part of it. All right, going into the mid-round, Jeff, can we get a score recap? Absolutely. So I show Ken having 30. Yeesh. I show Neil with 30. 
and Austin, 30. Hey, how about that? That's a close game. Are you playing one of my games? <laughs> yeah, it's because you're astral projecting in here, and, and just the mood is, has shifted into a <laughs> brutal game. Yes, this is the haunted episode. Ooh. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, today's mid-round game is called Halfway Done, Halfway Dead. These are one-liners delivered right before the hero kills someone. I'll read the line, and you tell me the movie. Oh, I love it. Um, so each of you is going to get a chance to answer. There's going to be six of them, and they're going to be worth ten points apiece. All right, line one. Hello, boys. I'm back. You just need the movie, or just the movie? No bonus points for which actor says it. No, but if you if you want to do that, go ahead. To clarify, you said a hero. Does it is it necessarily a protagonist, or can it be an antagonist? It can be an antagonist as okay. well. Just whoever said the line before they killed somebody. Okay. You guys all in with one? Yep. All right. Remember, Sully, when I promised to kill you last? I lied. <laughs> are we saying the movie or the... Or the... Just have to Just name the, the movie. movie. Oh, good. Okay. All right. You once were a vegan, but now you will be gone. That's my favorite. All right. Uh, let's talk music. Do you like the Ellen John song, Rocket Man? Oh, oh, you don't? Okay. Well, I only bring it up because uh, it's you. You're the Rocket Man. You're him. <laughs> this is going to be the, that's going to be the clip at the end of the show. Yeah. I think, I think we all know your fondness for this film. <laughs> this is my favorite bad movie. Except it's kind of not that bad. That's yeah, pretty bad. We'll talk about it when we have an actual answer. All right. Ready I mean, for- I mean, you can pretty much tell that it's bad from that line. <laughs> That's some classic writing there. Do you know that me. one, Neil? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Are you in Austin? I have an educated guess on it. Awesome. Uh, I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> classic. Classic line. I feel like it's a classic line, but I think, I think a lot of people know the line, but they might not know the movie. Yeah, I've known every single one of these lines, but placing them in the film is is not always easy. Mm -hmm. All right. And the last one, no sequel for you. That's pretty meta. All right, I'm all in. Okay. Are you in? Yeah. We may have to bleep one of my answers. (laughs) Okay. Get the bleep button ready. Because I'm sure I'm wrong, but I think it's a funny By the bleep button, you mean meticulous editing process? Yeah. I thought it was just the button you guys pressed. Oh, no. No. (laughs) Actually, no. It must be done manually. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or call she, the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then from beneath the Hollywood sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get some answers in. All right, for number one, what did you put, Ken? I think this is part of the Nightmare on Elm Street uh, chronicles. Um, I don't know which one. It okay. just felt like something Freddy Krueger would say. So I, I'm just going to go with Nightmare on Elm Street. All right, Austin? I went with the real-life crazy person, Randy Quaid, who yells at while flying his plane into a spaceship on oh, in Independence that's it. Day. What did you say, Neil? Independence Day. It is Independence Man, Day. Man, I haven't seen that movie since I was like 10. I should have <laughs> known that, though. I do recognize the line. What a great, uh, um, you know, like swan song for that character. Yeah. Just written off. And actor. His family. <laughs> we could all hope. All right. Number two. <laughs> Uh, Neil, what did you say? Uh, that would be uh, Colonel John Matrix from Commando. <laughs> okay. I couldn't remember the guy's name. It's so <laughs> stupid. Uh, Commando, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I went in a different direction. Seeing as the only movie I knew with a Sully in it, I went with Monsters, Inc. Oh. I thought you were going to say that was Captain Sully talking to the <laughs> passengers of the, yeah. of the airplane. <laughs> uh, no, the answer was Commando. Uh, he's holding them over a cliff and then... Uh, Sully says, yeah, that's right, Matrix. You did say you'd kill me last. And then he drops him anyway. And then uh, famously parodied by Rainier Wolfcastle in <laughs> yeah. The Simpsons. Very, very good. So many good lines in Commando. All right, for number three, uh, starting with Austin. This is in one of my favorite Edgar Wright movies, uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Okay. Neil? Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And Ken? Scott Pilgrim. All right, points for everyone. Uh, what did you say for the next one, Ken? The Rock. Okay. The Rock. Oh, uh, I'm wrong, but in the same vein of terrible movies, I put Armageddon. <laughs> it would be good in Armageddon, too, but the answer is The Rock. I figured it was a Steve Buscemi line in Armageddon. No, this is a Nick Cage line. Yeah, and he, uh, <laughs> yeah he shoots a rocket at Tony Todd and kills him. <laughs> nice. So good. All right, and in what movie did Rowdy Roddy Piper say that famous line, starting with Austin? They live? Mm-hmm. John Carpenter's classic, They Live? Yes, They Live. Ah, they all live for more points. Points for everybody. 
Now, the last one I think you guys had a little bit more trouble with. Uh, Neil, you were thinking pretty hard. What would you stay with that one? Uh, a couple of movies rang a bell, and I know it's pretty meta, and I wasn't sure if you were going to go with um, a second Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, but uh, I put Last Action Hero. Okay. Funny enough, I also put Last Action Hero, even though I have not seen it. And Austin? My guess was a little bit more out there. I thought this was the character Cockknocker, played by Mark Hamill, when he tries to attack someone in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Oh, oh, that, that would, would be have been it. good. Uh, the answer is Last Action Hero, though. Ooh, thanks thanks my, to your other podcast, Neil, for telling me all about Last Action Hero. <laughs> and what yeah. is that podcast, Neil? It's uh, Best of the Best. You can check it out at bestofthebestpod.com. Oh, nice plug. All right, Jeff, how do they do? So, adding to their scores, Neil with the big win in that round. He picked up 60 additional points, bring his score overall to 90. Ken tacks on another 50, going to 80. Austin doubles his score, going from 30 to 60. Yeah, sorry, my Arnold Schwarzenegger library is uh, pretty lacking. So should have done your research for the show more. Right? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Austrian movie here. That, that was a great round, uh, uh, Matt. That was... That was pretty Very fun. good. Yeah, actually, uh, I got the idea. I saw a super clip. There was a hundred of the best one-liners, and there's actually another one for one-liners after they killed someone, which is also excellent. Oh, like uh, stick around. Yeah. So yeah, I was gonna say, how many were Arnold Schwarzenegger? Because he was kind of probably king most of, that. of them. There's there's a very big uh, uh, Batman and Robin montage. <laughs> Neil, can I get uh, can I get a quick uh, Jean Claude Van Damme one-liner? Uh, my fr- Mark does a better one, but. Uh, um, you can take your black silk underwear and get out. <laughs> That's from Double Impact. Uh, classic. <clears throat> All right, let's start round two. I think I saw an adult film called Double Impact. Nope, I said let's start round two. <laughs> <laughs> you mean it was rated R for adults only? Yeah. All right, question one in round two. Abu from Aladdin, Nibbler from Futurama, and Megatron all have this in common. You're in? Yep. Ken's in? Is Neil in? I'm in, yeah. All right. Uh, Ken was in first. Uh, I'm very interested in this uh, topic. I think it's a voice actor. Okay. It's all the same voice actor. Okay. I just put voice by the same person. Does anyone can know I, the Can I guess? Name? I do. Is it Phil? That's, uh, uh, that's DiMaggio. No. Uh, maybe no? Phil Lamar. Well, I'm going to give you guys all credit for it. Uh, they're all voiced by the same voice actor who is, is Frank Welker. Uh. Ah. who did also among those characters did dr claw slimer scooby-doo he does a lot of a lot animal of creatures yeah he does santa's little helper a lot of if you hear an animal in a cartoon it's almost always going to be frank welker yeah it's really interesting uh and there's a lot of cool documentaries on voice acting too mm-hmm. all right good way to start round two uh next question in what year was the nintendo entertainment system released in north america this is tough for me um just coming up with the exact correct year mm-hmm. i'm in but i'm not too confident okay austin's in everybody in yes all right uh austin uh stab in the dark as i came from a sega household <laughs> but uh i'm gonna put 1991 it seems a little early but i'm gonna go with 91 okay i think uh you're actually a little late, so I went with 16. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. 1989. <laughs> okay. I remember I got this for Christmas. Uh, my brother and I um, got it as like a shared gift, and I know I was at least four or five, so that would have been 1990, but I knew it was after it had come out for a while, and I think I'm too early, but I put 1984. 
Neil is the closest. It actually He's had a one lim- year early. It's a, ni- a limited release in 1985. Yeah, funny enough, I was thinking about 1985, and I was mm-hmm. like, could that have really been out before I was born? And I felt like the answer was no, but yeah. clearly I was incorrect. Yeah, it came out in, it was originally only sold in one toy store in New York. It was a really limited rollout, and then eventually it came out in 1986 nationwide. Uh, yeah, 1991 was actually, I believe, the year of the Super Nintendo. Were they, uh, uh-huh. were they successful? In, in marketing that product. <laughs> this little startup, I don't think anyone's heard from them since. It's a shame, really. Uh, question three. Noted for being a hideous train wreck of an automobile, in my opinion. These opinions may not reflect all the views of triviality. The PT Cruiser was inexplicably a popular car in the 2000s. What did PT stand for? I have a guess on this. Okay. It's very effective, though, if you like want to stay single. <laughs> yeah. Especially the wood paneling. Ugh. Well, uh, Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I'm in, but I, I, I know it's wrong. I, I couldn't pull it. You guys all in? Yeah. yeah. All right, Neil? I just put the, since it's kind of a weird car and, and you can't really, uh, you know, hang out and like, you know, drive down the coast, but it's a part-time cruiser. <laughs> so that's what I put. Right. <laughs> I put a personal transport okay. cruiser. That sounds too much like a Japanese name for a car, but uh, that's what I went with. All right. I uh, I think it's associated with Plymouth, mm-hmm. so I went with Plymouth, and since it's a transitional sort of vehicle, I went with Transition. Well, it's actually the very Japanese-sounding personal transport cruiser. Oh, my gosh. Points for Austin there. Woof. And wow. uh, rest that in peace. That thud you just heard was the answer falling out of my ass. So. <laughs> did, they, uh, did they think that they needed to specify that? Well, because you're always going to be alone when you're in the car, so it's a personal transport. Right. So... So, Ken, to that, um, I don't know if you know this, but there was a car marketed in Japan specifically to dogs. Oh, I've seen that. So, you do have to specify if it's people or dogs, obviously. The DT um, Cruiser? <laughs> no. Or the uh, CT Cruiser, Canine mm-hmm. Transport? That one I would like. I think, I think they, there's a big market for people that want to drive their dogs around in ugly cars. All right. Yeah, it had like a cubby hole where your, your dog was supposed to sit. With like a little dog way, way back. I can't believe that's real. No, it's like the. No, it was box. right up. It was right up in front, underneath the dash. It's. I'll have to show you a picture. It's crazy. I can't remember the name of the car, but. All right. Question four. In the classic Simpson episode, the mysterious voyage of Homer, because I can't say the Spanish pronunciation, Homer goes on a spiritual journey after eating Chief Wiggum's chili. He is guided by a talking coyote, who the writers originally hoped to be voiced by Bob Dylan. I don't think they were too hurt when this legendary singer-songwriter took his place. I don't really know anything about The Simpsons, but just from your question, I'm just taking a wild guess. Okay. And uh, he seems like he would voice a coyote. A coyote. A coyote. (laughs) And so, yeah, luckily Matt on our team is The Simpsons expert, along with Ken a little bit too, and maybe Jeff, but... I, I maybe have, have retained or seen maybe like five Simpsons episodes. I know who it is. I'm just having one of those stupid like brain fart moments where it's like... Ah. You're going to be really upset when you hear it. Yeah. No, I, I know exactly who it is and I can name his nicknames and all that. But for some reason, I am just completely blanking. So Neil's in and Austin's blanking. Uh, give me a second. And Jeff's in Nashville. <laughs> That's true. For the record, I would have really liked oh. to hear the Bob Dylan version of this coyote. Hey, who? Right, I got it. You got to find your wife. 
Hey, uh, Homer. <laughs> Those are all terrible. All right, uh, Ken, you're in first. This is Johnny Cash. Okay. I, I just went with Willie Nelson. He looks like a coyote. Okay. Man in black, Johnny Cash. All right, and if you were listening, too, I said I don't think they were too hurt when oh. this legendary singer-songwriter took his place. That's well, Nine Inch Nails. So. Yeah. That's it's Trent Reznor. Yeah. I did not Trent hear that Reznor. clue. <laughs> so at, at the, uh, you know, uh, as I said, Jeff's in Nashville. Uh, you should really check out the Johnny Cash Museum there. I will be there on Tuesday. Excellent. It's very interesting. And the, the last exhibit uh, in the museum after you go through his whole life is the, the Hurt music video playing on a monitor. And it's crushing. It's so good, though. That song, is he does such a great job with it. All right. Time for question five of round two. Uh, this question comes from Max Miners from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, thanks for the question. I tweaked it a little bit because I had zero faith in them to get the original <laughs> question correct. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, th- thanks, Max. <laughs> uh, in the original iteration of a classic comic, John Arbuckle had a roommate named Lyman. Which pet did he own? Okay. I'm in on that. Okay. Okay. The original question asked what the roommate's name was. Oh, God. And I was going to guess that nobody would have known that. Well, no, are we, are we in? I'm in. Okay. Everyone except Neil is in. So Neil can Roommate. Just... Is it I'm Garfield and Otis? Nothing. Is Otis the dog? I don't remember the dog's name. Or no, it's Milo and Otis. Um, John Arbuckle sounds like it's from Garfield. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to say Garfield. Okay. You say Garfield? What would you say, Ken? <clears throat> this might be where uh, people catch up to me uh austin catches up to me the other two pets in garfield are odie and nermal mm-hmm. i went with nermal okay i also went with nermal the answer is odie uh, really john Ori- doesn't own both john uh, in the original iteration of the cartoon john had garfield and lyman had odie for those of you who don't know about it, look up Garfield without Garfield. It is the greatest thing to happen to comics yes, where they I, just digitally remove John, uh, Garfield from all the comic strips and John just looks like a man going insane. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. That's funny. All right. Question six. What East Coast city is known as Charm City? East Coast, you said? Yep. The only question I'm going to ask uh, if, if the panel here is okay with it uh, is, is this city like a cutesy, a small city, or is it like a major metropolitan city? It's a, it's a major metro. Okay. You, would, you would know right. the city if I said it out loud. I you have heard of it. Okay. You have heard of it. I was just, I'll, I'll say what I'm thinking out loud, because uh, I don't really care. Um, I was thinking maybe it was like Salem in mm-hmm. Massachusetts, but that's small compared to Boston, so that's why I was just curious. Because you're still thinking of the witch charm. I am, I am. I'm thinking of charmed. Still. <laughs> <laughs> charm city. All right, I'm in if you guys are. Okay. I just need a minute here. Charm City or City of Charm? Charm City. Charm City. The City of Charm. I'm pretty sure there'd be a legal battle if another city came in with the other one. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. You're in? Uh, I'm just trying to think of where North Carolina is. East Coast. Uh, I mean the, the college that's in... Uh, North of South Carolina. Not Charlotte. Is it, is it in Charlotte? Um yeah, just for the, the connection of Charm and C-H-A-R, I'm just okay. going to go Charlotte. All right. You're in with Charlotte? Yes. Ken? I went uh, Richmond, Virginia. Okay. I went Savannah. You were close with Richmond. Uh, would it help if I said uh, something about The Wire? 
Oh, Baltimore. Baltimore, Baltimore is charming. Nice. There's nothing charming about that city. So I'll tell you. that's it was actually created by local ad agencies to try to promote the city because it was struggling with a poor image. So it's actually a self-given nickname, which are always the best nicknames. Yeah, right. like I, like I was saying about the the air cross crossroads. Over <laughs> five in the last five questions. That's disappointing. Well, don't worry, because here comes an art question. Question seven. Vincent van Gogh's painting, The Red Vineyards Near Aries, holds this distinction amongst his many works. Uh, I have like an answer. I don't want to be too specific, and hopefully you're not going to ask me to be specific, because okay. I will not know. Um, okay. I'm in. Okay. Uh, Austin, I look at you were first. Um, given the immense popularity of van Gogh, van Gogh, van Gogh, however you want to pronounce it, I'm going to say this is the only painting that's not in a museum. Okay. I said, uh, I was thinking about the medium in which he painted a lot, but ultimately I said it's his final painting. Mm -hmm. Um, I was sort of in the same line as Austin's guess is very good. Um, I just, I think he painted with oil Mm -hmm. most of the time. So I just said it was his only painting that was non-oil. All right. Can I take a guess? Yes. Is it the only painting he sold during his lifetime? The answer is it's the only painting he sold during his lifetime. Yeah. Um, yeah, very famously, like, uh, uh, he, so it's kind of a trick. Like, so if you ever hear about like Vincent van Gogh actually sold hundreds of paintings during his lifetime, but he actually worked as an art dealer for a while. So most yeah. of those paintings were other people's. He only ever sold one of his own. I mean, he's kind so. of the epitome of the, you become famous after you die, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then the Vincent's ear is also quite interesting. Um, it's likely that he got into a duel with a, a fellow painter and lost his ear in a, <laughs> in, a in a sword duel. <laughs> So, uh, Vin- Vincent Van Gogh and uh, Brad Knoll from Sublime, two great <laughs> artists gone before their time. <laughs> yes, I don't know if anyone's ever put those two together before. But moving on to question eight in computer science, what does GUI stand for? How do you spell that? G U I. All right, I have a guess because every time we do these computer questions, I'm way wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you repeat the full question? Yeah, in computer science, what does GUI stand for? All right. Austin's in with a guess, it seems. Neil? Uh, I'm hoping I'll go at least one for the last six. Uh, I'm just going to say graphic user interface. Okay. No, it's... I put generally unimpressed. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, what was it, Jeff? Uh, graphical user interface. That is correct. Neil with some points. Oh, Ken, did you not guess? No, no. no. I'm bad with the computer science stuff. What did I say RAM was again? I got it really wrong, I remember. Uh, an animal with horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right, let's try to uh, get some... No, you said like a randomized Apple... Yeah, something. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, random Apple memory. That's what I said. Oh. <laughs> a random Apple matrix. I don't even think yeah. it was that close because it, it was... We were definitely two off, if I remember right, but I don't remember how it was. All right. Question nine in round two. Opened on Labor Day in 1995... This celebrity opened a theme restaurant called Pasta Mania. It stayed in business less than a year. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Okay. I have a decent guess. Okay. All right. Uh, Ken was in first. Yeah, brother. I think this is probably in uh, <laughs> Tampa, Florida. It's uh, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Okay. Uh, I was thinking of someone who was like big in the 90s and just sort of like flash, not necessarily flash in the pan, but kind of outlandish. I went Rosie O'Donnell. All right. 
Uh, I went with, uh, just like Ken, Postamania, brother. Yeah, Postamania is running wild. It's Hulk Hogan. Uh, he just opened up a new restaurant they were hoping to, uh, or he had the, the opening right around WrestleMania, and that's when people thought he was going to make his comeback to WWE, which might be postponed a little bit, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what it's called. I think it's a burger restaurant, maybe? Right yeah. in Tampa? There's this picture of him. <laughs> it's Burger Mania. For the, for the Pasta Mania promotion. <laughs> it just popped right into my head when you said Pasta Mania. Yeah, when you uh, said, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Hogan in his full like wrestling outfit with like a chef's hat on. Like, <laughs> He's like, so good. Holding spaghetti. Holding spaghetti. It's amazing. I can't wait for him to come back. Why uh, the hell? He's telling me he's like Hulk. tearing a chef's jacket off or something. Like that. Yeah. Well, no, it's just it's just pasta over his chest that he's like ripping oh, apart, yeah. like raw pasta. <laughs> yep, it's running wild. We went over that. All right, uh, last question around two. What event takes place in Pamplona, Spain, every year in July? Okay, I am good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody in? Yep. yep. All right, uh, Austin. I'm gonna go with the running of the bulls. Okay. Uh, I said that as well because I I, uh, I always get questions wrong about the running of the bulls and I'm hoping that Papalona now will stay in my head in the back of my head for that but that's what I said as well. Okay. Yeah, I went with uh, running of the bulls. Uh, there was uh, there's a famous Chicagoan who keeps going back and getting gored multiple times <laughs> and I remember hearing about it on the radio in July. So. All right. Well, it looks like Neil got a question about running of the bulls. Correct. Running of the bulls is right. Uh, the origin of this event comes from the need to transport the bulls from the fields outside the city where they were bred to the bull ring where they would be killed in the evening. So it's a, a nice little event for everybody. Shout out to that guy uh, who keeps getting gored. Keep at it. All right. After 20 questions, we have reached the end of regulation. Jeff, what are the scores? All right. Heading into the final, we have Austin with 100, Ken in second place, 120. And barely eking out the lead, Neil one thirty. Wow, come back for Neil. They all uh, they all picked up forty points in round two. I will announce the final five categories, and each player can wager zero to thirty points on each question using only the points that they have earned during regulation. All right, and here are the categories: movies and sports, movies and maths, geographical families. History and language. Can get all those again? Yep. Movies and sports. Movies and math. What are you saying? Maths. Math? Yeah, math. Plural. I pluraled it. Uh, Three, geographical families. Four is history. And five is language. All right, looks like all the wagers are locked in. Um, Time to begin the final round. Question one in movies and sports. In Space Jam, Michael Jordan returns to basketball to fight off the evil monsters who want to enslave the Looney Tunes or something like that. The monsters steal the talents of five NBA players. Name any three. Austin seems locked in. This was a major part of this trivia fan's childhood. (laughs) Movies and math. In Die Hard with a Vengeance, <laughs> a bomber named Simon gives McLean and Zeus a series of riddles. The trickiest of those for me was the jug riddle. There are two jugs, one a five-gallon and one a three-gallon. He challenges them to fill one of the jugs exactly four gallons, or the bombs will go off. I'm challenging you to do the same. So there's no measuring tools. He just has a five-gallon jug and a three-gallon jug. 
and he needs one of them to be filled with exactly four gallons. In geographical families, on the Mexico-U.S. border, what capital city of the Mexican state Baja California is located next to its sister city, Calexico? Uh, in history, this American oil magnate became the first billionaire in 1916. Ready for question five? Mm-hmm. What does the La Brea Tar Pits translate to? You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. All right. Looks like all the answers are locked in. Uh, Jeff, why don't you go over the wagers for question one? All right. So with the high bet goes Neil with 30, Austin wagered 20, and Ken wagered 10. All right. Let's start with Ken. Okay. So two of these I was pretty sure about. One is Charles Barkley. The other is Carl Malone. And the last one, I put uh, Muggsy. Is that good enough? I'll take Muggsy, yeah. Because, okay. yeah, that's what he was known by. Mm-hmm. I put Muggsy Bones. Is it Bones? Bogues. Bogues? Bogues. I'll give you it's close. I enough. was like less if, if you take If you take Muggsy, you got to take Muggsy. Muggsy Bones, my favorite. Uh, Charles Barkley. <laughs> okay. And Patrick Ewing. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I wrote down many of them. Uh, the official answers will be Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, and Muggsy Bogues. But I also put, I don't know if this is right, but I put uh, Reggie Miller, uh, Clyde Drexler, and Chris Mullen. But I don't know if those guys, those aren't my official ones. But Okay, so the five yeah. are... You missed Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought he was and cool. Sean Bradley. And Carl Malone was not one of oh, them, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Neil and Austin getting credit for that one. All right, Jeff, what were the wagers on question two? So we had Neil betting 10, Ken betting 10, and Austin going high 20. In question two, the question I asked that uh, was probably too hard to ask in a trivia question. Well, we've all seen the movie, and we're trying to... We were all trying to work it out, and it just didn't come to any of us. I got as far as fill the five, fill the other one with the water from the five. That gets you to two, and then... Just figuring out how to double that process. Yeah. But. So the the easiest way to do it. Would oh, are be, we answering or no? Do you guys have, do you want do you have an answer? 
I, oh. I, I, uh, I couldn't. You tapped? I was just going to say, I, I remember the movie that they're going back and forth and they're like pouring in one and then they're pouring in the other one and they have to keep doing it and they're like stressing out because, well, my original answer is going to be half of one is 2.5 and half of the other mm-hmm. is 1.5, which equals four. But, um, but there's no markings. I was just going to say you fill each of them up halfway and then take the three gallon and pour whatever the half of that is into the five and that would equal four. Uh, that was my answer, but I remember in the movie now that it was they did like a back yeah. and forth thing. Um, so what you do is you fill the three gallon jug and pour that into the five gallon jug. Then you refill the three gallon jug and pour that into the five gallon jug until the five gallon jug is full, which leaves you one gallon in the three gallon jug. Um, after you've dumped the five gallon jug, you pour that one gallon mm. into the five gallon, and then you refill the three gallon, oh, yeah. which will give you four uh, in the five gallon makes jug. Makes perfect sense. Which I honestly, I feel dumb. I like to, I mean, because I had to look at, I mean, I I remember the movie too, and they explain it. I'm like, that still doesn't make sense. But then I watched. I couldn't, I couldn't remember if you were allowed to dump something out because that's how I got there. So I, I would have, yeah, I, I had that, but I couldn't remember if you were allowed to dump out or not. You were, and you you would have saved the city. So we need to have Jeff if that ever ends up happening. (laughs) All right. In geographical families, what were the wagers, Jeff? All right, that was um, zero to Ken, zero to Neil, and 20 for Austin. In geographical families, what do you guys know about sister cities? Neil? I put nothing. Okay. I also put nothing. Awesome. I put Tijuana. All right. Um, So the sister city to Calexico is Mexicali. Ah. Oh, that's kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah, so they're they're actually right across from each other. One's on the Mexican border, one's on the Californian border. Calexico and Mexicali? Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, it's a dual state international population center. In history, what were the wagers, Jeff? Ken with 20, Neil with zero, Austin 20. All right. Uh, what did you put, Austin? I put Rockefeller. Okay. I also put Rockefeller. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was Rockefeller or Carnegie. Um, and I feel like uh, De Niro was in a movie um, based on an F. Scott Fitzgerald book, maybe, about this. But... Um, I was going to say Carnegie, even though I didn't bet anything. All right. Well, the answer is Rockefeller. Carnegie did uh, steel. steel. Was, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't remember. I knew one was steel and one was oil. I couldn't remember. Wonderful. Well, we got a right answer on this, so I feel a little better about that. Um, in the final one, language, what were the wagers? All right. Ken had 10, Austin betting high, 20, and Neil bet nothing. All right. Austin with the high bet. What'd you say? I said the breach. Okay. I think this might uh, might be a little bit of a tricky one, so I said it was the tar tar pits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be there in a few days, but I have no idea, so I didn't put anything. All right. Well, Ken is correct. It ah. actually translates to the the tar tar pits, the the Librea tar pits. It's actually an example of a tautological phrase. Uh, means the wording of the location has redundancies. So, like the River Avon, which means the River River, Lake Lagunita, things mm-hmm. like that. All right, that's it for the final round. It's now time to find out who is the cream of the crop. All right, so final scores. Austin has 80. Ken, second place with 130. And this week's cream of the crop is Neil with 150. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Good job, Neil. 
Thank you. Uh, it's pretty weird that in a game out of basically 25 questions, I think I got eight right and was able to pull out the win. <laughs> like because of that that swing round about movies, yeah. that helped me out a lot. Yeah, this is uh, this is my great downfall. I was I was running a perfect individual record, and last three games, I think uh, you've suffered. Your hubris has gotten the best of you. Yeah. Yeah. I as a pretty avid listener, I'm usually. Uh, you know, for the categories at the end, they, the questions tend to be a little bit easier than I think they're going to be, especially when you're wagering. So I uh, flew too close to the sun on this one and <laughs> melted my wings. That's okay. It happens to the best of us. All right. Thanks to our contestants today, Ken, Neil, and Austin. A great game by everyone. Thank you to Jeff for keeping score. Even while he's on vacation, we do appreciate that. Um, if you'd like to play along with our contestants, make sure to check out our Facebook page and download our official Triviality score sheet that we use here in the studio. If you'd like to get in touch with any of us, find us on Twitter using the handle at TrivialityPod or on Facebook at Facebook.com Triviality. If you'd like to get in touch with us by email, send us all messages to TrivialityPodcast at gmail.com. And if it's a question five, make sure you put question five in the subject line. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, other than spreading the word, the best way you can support the show is by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Triviality on your favorite podcast app. Uh, I think we're up to about 25 reviews on iTunes now. I'd love to get a few more of them from you. Uh, Jeff, do you have any recent ones you'd like to read? And while Jeff is looking up some reviews, uh, we're looking to hit 50. So make sure to review the show if you listen. We know that we have a lot of listeners out there. We appreciate it. But if you can uh, just take a few moments to review us on iTunes, that would help us out a lot. We want to try to get to 50, and uh, we're going to choose uh, 10 people to receive a, uh, a prize of some sort uh, once we hit 50. So send in those reviews. We appreciate them, uh, along with your emails and your, your tweets and comments. Yes, one exciting prize from the mystery box. Uh, so, uh, one of our recent reviews came through from Green Ducks, maybe, or three Green Dew. Uh, don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, good balance of trivia categories, good format, quick hitting, and no one on the show is overly annoying. Oh, thanks so, for that. So, uh, we, <laughs> we were messaging each other after that one, trying to figure out who we thought the most annoying was. So, that was, uh, glad to hear no one's overly annoying. I think we all voted for ourselves for, for most annoying. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for the review, uh, and you know we're going to try to read some of these reviews at the end of shows going forward, uh, so if you'd like to hear your name shouted out on that, the good way to do that is to give us a review. Uh, until next time, on behalf of Ken, Neil, Austin, and Jeff, my name is Matt, and that was Triviality. I think we got started off on the wrong foot. Stand good speed, FBI. Uh, let's talk music. Do you like the Elton John song, Rocket Man? I don't like soft ass Oh, you don't. Well, I only bring it up because uh, it's you. You're the Rocket Man.